Amen. If you have a Bible, open up to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. During this Advent season, we're working through what's called the prologue to the Gospel of John. So that's the first several verses of John's Gospel. This morning, we'll be in John chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. John chapter 1, uh, verses 6 through 8. As you're opening up there, let me just say, if you're a guest with us today, uh, kids practice the, these things and other uh, we have children's choir, preschool choir, all sorts of different Wednesday night activities on Wednesday nights. And so you're all welcome to participate in those. And uh, if you're a guest with us with a child today. And then also normally the kids would be going to first kids worship. So uh, we have that as well for children. But today we're going to get to hear them sing again. And we're looking forward to that. Let me just say good job, y'all. What a great job. We're so thankful that you led us in worship today. And uh, what a joy it is to be led in worship by our children you have a Bible open to John chapter 1 verses 6 through 8 would you go ahead and stand with me out of reverence the reading of the words of our God John writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in such a way that as the words on this page are being read God himself is speaking to us beginning in verse 6 there was a man sent from God whose name was John he came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Let's pray together. Oh God, we're so grateful for you. We thank you for the fact you've spoken to us. And God, it's our prayer and our request today that you would speak to us by the power of the Holy Spirit through your word today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. The other day, I got to, a church member invited me to go hear James Spann speak. The weatherman, James Spann. Any of you guys over here know who James Spann is? All right. That's great. Me too. Um, I got to hear him speak, and it was great. I, I, I love hearing James Spann speak. He's a believer, and uh, I like his perspective on things. It was, it was really good. One of the things he talked about, though, uh, as he was talking about is, if you don't know, James Spann's got a really pronounced social media presence. He, uh, a lot of the time, uh, is posting on there and has a lot of followers, a lot of people interacting with him all the time. And he talked about the way folks act on social media. Now, some of you don't have social media, and that's just good, but this is applies to all of us, really, in a lot of ways. He, 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 he said this, it struck me. He, he said he witnesses all sorts of awful comments on his Facebook posts. And not just comments about him, but as he said, he said, I'll post a picture of a sunset. Next thing I know, people are arguing about politics instead of thinking about how beautiful the sun is. He said, so sometimes people that act the ugliest or people that are saying all kinds of crazy things, he'll click on their profile and go see. And he said, guess what I see? Usually all up and down their page, guess what I usually see? Bible verses. Bible verses. You see, we are all witnesses. All, all of us here, from the youngest to the oldest, is bearing witness about something. But sometimes I wonder, as Christians, what we're actually bearing witness to. What are we actually saying with our lives? What are we actually saying with our attitudes? Are we bearing witness about Christ? Are we bearing witness about the light? Or are we simply adding to the darkness? Here at Christmas time, I think it's important. I love the hymn we just sang or the carol we just sang. Go tell it on the mountain. 
that Jesus Christ is born, baked into the coming of Christ, is the declaration that He has come. It's good news that Jesus has come. And here we have John the Evangelist, the author of the Gospel, telling us about John the Baptist, the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ, the cousin of our Lord, who went out preaching repentance, and calling people to repentance and baptizing those, preparing, making way, making the way straight for the coming of the Lord. As we hear just these few lines, these few words that John the Evangelist says about John the Baptist, I think we can grow as a faithful witness. So this morning I want to show you three truths that will help you grow as a faithful witness. Three, three truths, three things about our witness and how we can grow as a witness, as someone who tells others about the light of Jesus Christ. Three things we can learn from this description of John the Baptist. Here's the first thing. First truth is this. Faithful witnesses come from God. Uh, faithful witnesses come from God. Notice what the Bible says. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, and he came as a witness. He came as a witness. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, I want you to understand the context in which James came. I mean, John came. I, I want you to understand the context here of the New Testament. Do you understand that the Lord had spoken to His people for centuries? God had said all kinds of things. You, you have a record of all the things that God had said to His people in what we call the Old Testament. And so for, for centuries and centuries, God had been speaking to His people. And then all of a sudden, the prophets stopped prophesying. The word stopped being recorded. It, we no longer heard from the Lord. For a long period of time, there was silence. There's no recorded scriptures. For about 400 years, God's people didn't hear anything new. They only had the Old Testament. And all the scriptures they had were what ends there in the end of your Old Testament. And then all of a sudden, there was a man sent from God. There was a prophet again among the Lord's people, who we called John the Baptist or the baptizer. And the Bible says he was sent by God as a witness. He had a unique ministry. He was a forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he, he came to bear witness about the light. He, he came to tell people about Jesus. He came to prepare the way for the Lord. Now his calling and his role as a witness is a little different than yours. John's was unique. And yet it's still true that faithful witnesses come from the Lord. You see, even though 400 years had gone by when people didn't hear from God, there John came speaking, a voice crying out in the wilderness, the Bible says, bearing witness about the light. I want you to know something this morning. God won't be without a witness. God won't be without a witness. The Lord will never be without someone to testify and to speak about his faithfulness. He will always have someone there to tell others about Jesus. You see, anyone who goes to tell people, faithfully goes to tell people about the gospel, is someone who is commissioned by God. Think about this. Telling others about Jesus is commissioned by God. Spreading the gospel, bearing witness about who Jesus is, telling people about the light is something God has commanded us 
to do. It's a calling that God has put on every single one of us. All of us are meant to walk in the footsteps of John the Baptist and bear witness about the light. And when we do so, that is because God has sent us. Now, I want you to feel that weight today. Right now, we're in the process here at our church of raising money for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. We do that to help send missionaries all over the world. Southern Baptists all over the world right now are trying to raise $185 million to send the gospel all over the world. And some of you right now know someone. My best friend from college, he and his wife, dear friends, are in Belgium today. In Belgium today to tell people about Jesus. Now you may not be called to give up everything to go tell people about Christ. But I guarantee you, you're called to bear witness to the light. You may not be called to give up everything to go do this. You may not have the unique calling of a missionary, but you are called to spread the gospel. Let me ask you this question today. How are you being obedient to the calling of God? Now, I could be trite and say, now, one way you can do that is just to take these invitations to church and go invite somebody to church this week. And that would mean you're obedient to the calling of God. And for some of you, perhaps, that's all the faith the Lord's given you. And just inviting someone to come to church is enough. But we all recognize and know, truly to goodness, if we're going to reach Etowah County for Christ, we're going to have to do more than hand out invitations to church, right? No, we're going to have to get it in our hearts and get it down into our bones that faithful witnesses come from God and that God is calling us as a church to faithfully tell people about Jesus. My friends, have you noticed that the world seems to be hurting? We lit the peace candle today, didn't we? Have y'all ran across anyone in your comings and goings to and fro? Have y'all ran across anyone that seemed to need peace? I've met folks that seem to need peace. I've met folks that seem to need a lot of peace. A lot of extra peace. Somebody to help them. Somebody who who can tell them good news, might it be you? Might it be someone from this church who can tell people about Jesus Christ? God is sending out witnesses today. And and maybe the Lord has been working in your heart. Maybe maybe you've heard the Fairchilds down in Honduras talk about giving up everything and going to tell people about Jesus. Or you've heard Leland Ashley Harper, my friends in Belgium, talk about going to tell people about Jesus. And maybe God's calling you to do that. Maybe you say, I'm about ready to retire, and I'm going to retire from my secular vocation, and I'm going to go tell people about Christ. I'm going to reach the nations for Jesus. Maybe it's that, but even if it's not, perhaps God's calling you simply to be more intentional this Christmas to go tell it on the mountain, or to go tell it in Clubview, or to go tell it in East Gadsden, or to go tell it in Southside, or wherever it is you may live. God's telling you to go tell people about Christ. He's calling witnesses today. Are you listening? There was a man sent from God whose name was John and he came as a witness. Faithful witnesses come from God. But second of all, faithful witnesses testify about Christ. Faithful witnesses testify about Christ. He came as a witness, the Bible says, to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. You see, the Bible talks first about John's calling. He came 
as a witness. Then it talks, second of all, about John's message. He came to testify, to bear witness about the light. And then the Bible talks about his purpose, that all might believe through him. Faithful witnesses testify about Christ. They tell people about Jesus. Now I want you to think about this. John's calling is your calling to testify about the light. I think, I'm afraid, some of us in the Christian church, now not necessarily First Baptist Church of Gaza, even though this may be true of some of you, I don't know, but some of us in the Christian church as a whole may have missed the memo about what we're supposed to testify about. Because I hear Christians out and about talking about all sorts of things. I hear Christians spending a lot of time talking about morality. Now, I'm a preacher. I think it's important that we hear what God says we ought to do and do it. I think obedience to God is important. That's morality, right? I think it's important. I hear people talking a lot about politics. People that are Christians talking a lot about politics. There's constant pressure on every pastor to spend all this time talking about current events. You know why? Because that's what most people spend all their time thinking about, learning about, reading about watching about on television all the time and everything that happens is a big deal and they don't want you to know about it and why isn't anybody talking about this and then you come to church and you think man the preacher's in on this too this conspiracy really goes deep but I hear Christians talking about politics I hear a lot of Christians just talking about their selves what they don't have what they wish they had how much better it was when they grew up I hear a lot of Christians talking about their selves but my friends, how rare is it? How rare is it that we hear Christians talking about Christ? It breaks my heart. We know the most delightful one there is. We know the most important news there is to know. We know the most glorious person that has ever lived. And we have the right and privilege to tell people about Him. And so often we choose to talk about anything and everything else. You see, sometimes I'm afraid we're so busy telling folks how dark it is. Sure is dark out, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. You ever seen it so dark? I've never seen it so dark. Man, it just I think I'm afraid it's going to get darker. I know. Can you imagine how dark it'll be by the time my grandkids wake up? It'll be really dark then. I'm afraid we're so busy telling folks how dark it is that we have forgotten to bear witness about the light. It's one thing to say, boy, isn't it dark? It's another thing altogether to say, my friends, hope has dawned. Light has come into a dark world. It would have been so easy for John simply to only ever talk about how bad things are, but John didn't simply do that. He warned. There's no question about that. And Christians are called to warn. But John testified about the light. John told people to repent to trust in the Lord Jesus. He told people to look unto Christ. That's what his ministry is about, and that's what our ministry is about. That's certainly what my ministry is about. I want you to think about this. What do you spend most of your time talking about? Now listen, I love to talk about football and good places to eat and something funny the kid did that day. Nobody's saying we all have to be Jesus robots. But the question is, if someone looked at your life and they heard the way you talk about everything going on in the world, would they primarily think that you're a person who's about shining light in the darkness, or would they primarily think you're a person who likes to wallow in how bad things are? 
My friends, this Christmas, we have an opportunity not to go through every drive-thru to check and see whether or not people are saying Merry Christmas, but to go everywhere we go and tell people about the light of Jesus Christ that's come into the world. Isn't that a beautiful opportunity, my friends? Isn't that a wonderful thing to do? Instead of wringing our hands and wondering all the time about how bad things are going to get, why don't we get busy? Why don't we get busy telling people about the hope of the world and the one thing that can transform everything, the gospel of Jesus Christ? Stop thinking and wondering about whether or not you're going to be persecuted and get busy telling people about the gospel until you are. And even then, once you are, let's keep telling people about the gospel then too. Believe that Jesus really is the light that's come into the world. My friends, a faithful witness will always have Jesus in their heart and Jesus on their lips. A, a, a faithful witness will always have Jesus in their heart and Jesus on their lips. That leads us to our third point, final point this morning. Faithful witnesses bear humble testimony. Faithful witnesses bear humble testimony. I, I love this statement. I love verse 8. Well, let's back into verse 7 first. He came as a witness, this is John the Baptist, to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. Now, John was a great man. Uh, the Bible, in fact, says John was the greatest man in the history of the kingdom of God up until Jesus. There was nobody greater than John. He was a man of whom the world was not worthy. In fact, at one point, Jesus talks to his disciples. It's recorded in Matthew 16. And he asks his disciples, who do you say that I am? Woody preached on this earlier this year. Who do you say that I am? And the disciples look at him, and they, one of the answers was, some say Elijah, some say John the Baptist. Now, isn't that interesting? There, there were some people who thought that Jesus Christ was another coming of John the Baptist. That's how great John was, you know? No, nobody, there would never be a moment where Jesus was like, who do people say that I am? And some, somebody would say, some say Matt Alexander, you know? You guys have a lot in common. No, that's never going to happen. Never going to happen. Maybe, maybe one day, by God's grace, I'll become more like Jesus. But it's, nobody's ever going to tell Jesus he's like me. But this, this John was so great. In fact, he was so great that it was important that it be made clear he was not the light. He was not the light. Man, some, some nights, the moon is so bright and so beautiful, you'd think it's shining on its own, but it's not, is it? It's reflecting the light of the sun, a greater light. John was so bright and so wonderful and so much, so close to the Lord that sometimes he shone so bright that it looked like he was the light himself, but he wasn't. He was reflecting the light of Jesus. Later in John chapter 3, John the Baptist says this, He, meaning Jesus, must increase and I must decrease. My friends, this is an important lesson that we need to remember. We are not the light. We are not the light. Sometimes as Christians in a changing age, we start to think that we're humanity's last hope. We start to think, well, if we don't stand for this, who will? And brothers and sisters, we ought to stand. And we, we start to think, if we don't speak up on this, who will? And brothers and sisters, we ought to speak up on things that matter deeply to the heart of God. But we have to remember 
We are not the light. Jesus is the light. We can't get our opinions confused with what God has said is true. We, we can't get our duties confused with what God will definitely do, which is build His church and redeem for Himself a people with or without First Baptist Church of Gadsden. Now, we want to be a part of what God is doing, but we want to do it in a humble way. We want to bear humble testimony. I think there are three things I just want to highlight for you really quickly that are three sources for each of our hearts of humble testimony. Three ways that we can be reminded that it's about Jesus and not about us. Does anybody else need that reminder today? I need that reminder. It's about Jesus and not about me. Here's one way to bear humble testimony. Develop a profound sense of grace. Develop a profound sense of grace. Have you, have you noticed a lot of people see Christians as people that just want to tell everyone else how much better they are than them? Now, I don't think that's you, but buddy, I know you're tempted toward it. If you're anything like me, you're tempted toward it. Saying, I can't believe you'd act like that. But a profound sense of grace reminds us that there, but, the grace, but by the grace of God, go I. Such, the Bible says, were some of you. We are all desperate sinners apart from the grace of Jesus. We need a good dose of what John said. He must increase, I must decrease. And we have to be reminded that the only reason you're in church today is by the grace of God. Jesus didn't look out and say, you know what I need? I need a group of good folks to go do my work. And here they are. No. The Lord Jesus, in love and mercy, looked out and saw sinners desperately, desperately in need of redemption. And He saved us despite our sin, despite our wickedness. It humbles us profoundly to know that it's only by grace that we're saved. The second thing I think will help us make sure that things are about Jesus and not about us is a simple, faithful life. Not flashy talk about ourselves, not talking about all the faith we have, not talking about how good we are, not talking about ourselves all the time, but simply living simple, faithful lives. I, I think so often if we would spend more time focused on living out the fruit of the Holy Spirit in a simple and godly way and humbly telling people about the gospel, we would do so much better than trying to present ourselves as super Christians, people that have it all together. Folks know that you don't. And in fact, oftentimes it's a relief to other people when they find out that you don't have it together, even though you're a Christian, because it gives them hope that maybe Jesus would love them too. Well, I'll go ahead and be the first one to say it, all right? I'll get started. I don't have it all together. I don't have it together at all. Only by God's grace am I standing here preaching to you today. And the best I can hope for in this life is a simple, faithful life. When I was in seminary, I was helping a man at my job who was a very successful man in life, made a lot of money. He knew I was a seminary student, and he asked me, he said, so he's one of my, my customers that I worked with regularly, and he said, what are, so what are your goals? What do you want to do? You know, what are you trying to accomplish? And um, I looked at him, and I said, brother, I'm going to tell you this. If I can end my life being faithful to preach the gospel, being faithful to my wife and my family, I'll die a happy man. That's my main goal is to be faithful. And I'll never forget this guy's response. He got angry. I mean, visibly angry with me and said, is that it? Is that all you want to do? I mean, don't you want to do great things for God? And don't you want to do amazing things? 
And then I was a little embarrassed. Part of it was because I was wrestling in my own heart with wanting to do great things. And if I'd been really honest with him, I would have said, well, yeah, I want to do great things. But I was trying to have a gospel mindset, gospel attitude, that God can take simple, basic faithfulness and do more with that than the most flashy, great thing you could come up with. There's more there in the mustard seed. John, John wore rags and wore simple, simple clothes, uh, uh, simple woven garments and ate locusts and honey and had more of an impact than anyone in the kingdom. Solomon in all his finery was nothing compared to this voice crying out in the wilderness, John the Baptist. Don't you think God can use your simple faithfulness? And it keeps you humble. And finally, we have to stick to the Word. Not our opinions, not our worries, not our thoughts. If we're going to make it about Jesus, not about us. If we're going to be humble witnesses, we've got to stick to the Word. We don't need to add things to the Word. We don't need to add our opinions to the Word. Listen, if God wanted your words in the Bible, He would have put them there. He would have said, Matt, come on over here. Uh, I need your opinion here on the ninth commandment. How do you feel about this? But God didn't do that. He doesn't consult us. We've got to stick to His Word. This morning I ask you this question, what will we bear witness about? My hope and my prayer is that this Christmas and beyond, we will bear witness about the light and the light alone. That we will tell people about Christ and Christ alone. People who are guilty, people who are struggling, people who are carrying heavy burdens, people who so desperately need hope, people who are longing for peace. I hope and I pray we will bear witness about the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope we will be like a man who was sent from God, whose name was John, who was sent to bear witness about the light. I want to offer you an opportunity to respond to the Lord today. First of all, first of all, if you're a believer and you just need some time to pray, this altar will be open to you today. Second of all, you may need to know Jesus. You may have never put your trust in Jesus for the first time. This altar is open to you, and I'd love to talk to you about what it means to put faith in Christ. I believe if you'll turn from your sins and repentance and turn to God in faith through Jesus, you will be saved. And finally, you may be looking for a church home. What a joy it would be for me to talk to you today about being a member here at First Baptist Church. After this prayer, I want to invite you to come. Let's pray together.